All right, everybody, welcome back to the Agents of Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul. And I'm Eric. That's right, and we're back here uh, in the year of 2021. Yeah, the, kicking it off. Yes, we're finally in uh, what I can only assume this arbitrary number for the year is going to make everything better. Oh, yeah, as, as soon as the clock turns. Yeah, now it's just going to be smooth sailing. <laughs> yep. Uh, we're going to be starting this week a, a new series that we're going to be doing. We're opening 2021 with a, a deep dive. It's been a while since we did like a like a four-part. I guess we j- literally just did one. I take that back. <laughs> I can say it's been a while since we dug into something for four weeks, but I, we literally just did Wonder Woman. Yeah. But unfortunately ended it on a really sour note, so I kind of just have already forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try to push that one out of the brain. Yeah. But so- yeah, but those ones were kind of like shorter- like uh, like story arcs. That's true. This one's like going to be more of a deep dive where we're getting into a single run for a, a good length of like yep. distance. Yeah, yeah. Like, we haven't done that for a while. A lot of meat. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that, what our plan is, uh, we were doing a lot of DC before. I think we did six weeks in a row. Of yeah, DC. it was a lot. Two Batman, like then four Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah, it was like a half a year of DC almost. Yeah. Uh, so we're getting back into the Marvel. We're going to do uh, the Avengers actually, where the whole like MCU started. We're going to go through the four movies. Uh, but more importantly, what we're really focusing on uh, for this month is Jonathan Hickman's Avengers run uh, slash New Avengers run, which is what we're going to be really focusing on for the next four weeks. Uh, We wanted to get far enough into it so we could get to like the big event, like the first big event, which is called Infinity. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to be reading from the very beginning of this Hickman run all the way up to that the end of that event so we can see how that all goes, uh, how that all plays out. Um, that'll also take us through all four of the Avengers movies. Uh, so this week we'll be talking about the, the first Avengers movie where they all like the five of them came together next week. We'll do age of Ultron week. Six, after- if you want to, uh, if you want to count Hawkeye. Oh, right. Wait, did I say five? You said five. Yeah. F fuck Hawkeye. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was like half of it. Uh, but yeah, so then that'll be age of Ultron after that. After that will be uh, Infinity War and then Endgame to, to close it out. Mm-hmm. So I think that'll line up pretty well because the Infinity, I think that event will take us at least, like that whole event will probably be like w- the final episode. Okay. So I think that that'll be a cool way to, to close it out, like a big Thanos event in the comics with like the big Thanos event in the movies. I think that'll be a, a yeah, good time. Yeah, that lines, up. lines and, up nice. And they, ba- they based a lot of things off of that like Hickman Avengers run, because this run was incredibly popular. Oh, yeah, I can um, see that. So they based a lot of stuff off of like the way he Because what year was this? This was 2013, I think. Okay. Um, like this was after the Avengers movie. Yeah. Um, you can kind of tell from like the first issue we'll review. Like he Hickman even uses the team from the Avengers movie in the first issue just to like fucking <laughs> hook line and sinker people. Yeah, really had to lay it out. Yeah, Hick- Hickman's like, don't worry, I'll use Thor and Iron Man and Hulk and Black Widow and Hawkeye. Uh, but then the rest of it's gonna be all Hyperion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> then he yeah, hits him with the the sidearm. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's what we're gonna be doing uh this week. Um, and going through all that Marvel stuff. Uh, if you have any ideas for what you would like us to do in the future coming up in February, we have two weeks dedicated that we're going to do as soon as this ends to the Vision show, because uh, we are aware that's coming out this month and that uh, people will be watching that, but yeah. it also is going to be coming out weekly, so we figure we're going to cover that when it's more towards the tail end of that show. Yep. Uh, so look back for our uh, Vision and the Scarlet Witch coverage uh, at the beginning of February. We'll do a two-part series on that uh, show and then read uh, Engelhart's uh, Vision and the Scarlet Witch book. Um, but then after that, our schedule is open. So if anyone wants to make a request, uh, I mean, don't do it now. Maybe do it in February yeah. uh, but <laughs> just to save yourself some money. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if you want to leave a request on our Patreon, would you take requests for episodes? Um, you can leave, uh, leave a request at the $5 level to have us do it just for one week. Just cover like whatever book and whatever movie or show you want us to do for that single week. Um, I would try to stay away from requesting an entire season of a show because we're probably not going to have time to watch all of that in a week. Yeah. So if you want to do a TV show, I would maybe pick like a specific episode episode you want us to watch or maybe even a few like yeah. we'd watch a few yeah for um sure. if it's like an arc like we did with power rangers yep um so feel free to do that at the five dollar level if you want to choose something we do for one week at the fifteen dollar level you can request a or sorry at the ten dollar level there's a little bit of a bargain um <laughs> you can request a, a three-part series uh that's if you want us to do something like we're doing now where we're digging into a run so if you want us to get like 18 issues into a run to really see what's going on that would be the one you want to do there um, not that you have to pick the same book for us to cover for those three weeks. You could also, you know, mix and match. It's yours to do what you like with. So yeah. that that opportunity is there uh, for anyone who has a favorite book or favorite movie or whatnot that we have not done yet. I feel like we're making pretty good progress on the adaptations, honestly, though. Yeah. Like, 2020 gave us that time to just fucking plow through a lot of them. Yeah, um, it was a, some good checkoffs on the backlog. Yeah, like we got through a lot of big series uh, in 2020 that we were planning on getting to. Uh, there's still a few left. Um, obviously, a lot of deep cuts that we haven't gotten 
gotten to, especially a lot of TV shows we haven't gotten to. I was going to say, there's a lot of stuff that I had no idea was around before we started this, so oh, like, yeah. there's there's still a lot left. We've barely touched the CW-verse, <laughs> which is fortunate for you. Well, and like even back in the day, there was a, like, there was a Blade TV show. Oh yeah, we'll do that at some point. Yeah, yeah which I had no clue that was a thing, so mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of hidden No, there's stuff. the Captain America old movie. Yep. Um, there's all sorts of weird shit. Uh, oh there, yeah. There's like an w- old Wonder Woman movie that we saw. Yeah, I think it was like, even b- before the show. Yeah, before the Linda Carter stuff. Like, there's a whole bunch of weird shit for us to cover if we can get our hands on it. Yep. So that is the plan, because uh, I think 2021 is going to be kind of this, like, there's going to be not quite the drought of content we had in 2020, but I still think it's going to be... It'll be light. Uh, light and in between, yeah. Yeah, we'll probably get a few streaming ones at least. Yeah, I know and we're then... getting Vision and the Scarlet Witch, probably Doom Patrol, question mark. Maybe, maybe yeah, at we'll, the end of the year. We'll see, but yeah. We'll, we'll we'll roll with the punches. That's what we've been doing all all, all uh, last year. We'll continue to do it in 2021. Uh, but that'll bring us to oh yeah, and I should call out if anyone's just jumping on for this first episode of the Avengers. If you want to follow us over on Twitter, we're at Agents of Podcast. That's where you'll find out what we're reading ahead of time. If you want to read ahead, so that way you know what we're talking about. Although whenever we do talk about these comic issues, we do try to talk about as much of the plot as necessary for you to understand what we're talking about. Yeah. So you don't necessarily have to have read these or even read them recently. Maybe you read it a long time ago. We'll usually try to talk through enough of it where you can like kind of understand what we're what we mean. Um, although this is a book that now that we're getting into the book itself, the Avengers, I would, I mean, everybody should read this. I mean, if you like Marvel comics, this is just one of the, like, I think one of the biggest, most exciting books that you could pick up and read. Yeah. Uh, and there's a shitload of it too. Like, uh, this, this book goes on for a while and then culminates in probably the best event Marvel's ever done, which is Secret War. Yeah, oh yeah. So, like, reading this whole thing is just a trip and, like, it just feels like you have so many issues to go through and it never feels like a slog despite how long it is. Oh yeah, like a, a synopsis or, like, an overview of, like, this story or a lot of stuff, pretty much anything that Hickman does isn't going to do it justice. Oh yeah, like, we It's worth the read. Yeah, I don't want to sit here and read you these charts. But... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they're totally worth looking over. Yes, it's very interesting. Um, This was a... Hickman basically ran two Avengers books at once um, New Avengers and Avengers one of them focuses on more of your classic Avengers team granted it's a huge roster um, but it's got a lot of the faces you would expect the Hulk Captain America Iron Man or yep. uh, even some side characters uh, with that book Hickman had a cool idea where he said he was basically going to have all of the t- Avengers that were basically ever Avengers just be on the team and then call their number when they're needed for that job or yep. split them into different teams and then focus each issue on a small team out of a large number of characters, mm-hmm. um, which works really well because then you'll get issues with just like the most random like team you never expected to be together. Um, and he can use characters like Wolverine without them feeling like they're stepping on the story. Yeah, like, they'll yeah. just show up and be like, I'm Wolverine. Be like, cool. Like, yeah. It's cool that he's here. Like, we know that guy. Yeah, <laughs> we know him. <laughs> Leo points at the screen. Right. <laughs> um, but then really, like it, it, as we talked about earlier, there's also Hickman uses this book to kind of uh, get these lesser known characters, like their kind of time in, in the spotlight. Um, a lot of these characters already existed. I, I think I'm not sure about Universe and Smasher. I think Hickman invented them, but I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure he invented this version of Smasher. Um, yeah. I'd... Not the, the character, but this uh, this character being the Smasher. Oh, yeah, so, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, at first I thought Universe was a Morrison thing, but it I got it crossed up because there's a character in DC that was in Seven Soldiers that's a lot like Universe. Yeah. Um, universe is actually an established entity in the Marvel Universe. Uh, usually when we see Universe, it's like zoomed out, like a white background, and then this like man who has like a galaxy for a body. Okay. Usually that's what Universe is. But gotcha. this is Hickman basically saying like Universe has constrained itself and now basically turned itself into a costume like with a host like venom kind of um so that's kind of like uh hickman's twist on like what universe is doing right now that's why it seems so powerful in this book is because it fucking is Mm -hmm. um it's just like unaware of like what its role in this whole story is like what it's supposed to do yeah, we won't get to it today, but later on, like, it, it kind of gives a short little breakdown of, like, why it, like, shows to, like, uh, kind of half consume this human form. And it's just like, oh, well, like, it's broken and it's dying, like, just like me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's uh, that's pretty bleak. And that's a cool tie-in, <laughs> even though we're talk- we're leaking into next week. I think that's a cool yeah, tie-in. Yeah, come it, up. It, it, the universe is breaking is what this other book, New Avengers, is all about. Yep. Because uh, to talk about New Avengers a little bit... Um, Probably my favorite of the two books. Like I think I, I just like... I mean, they're both really good, but I think New Avengers is just always like A-plus material every single page. Yeah, I, 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 I'm liking both of them. I definitely got to get more deep into it to make a, a stand on where I like yeah, which that, one I like more. Yeah, that's fair. 
because yeah, New Avengers is basically um, it's called New Avengers, but for all intents and purposes, it's the Illuminati yeah. book. Um, the whole book centers around the re- reformation of the Illuminati. This group has existed. It's like a, a collection of uh, several of the self-proclaimed smartest minds in the Marvel universe, mm-hmm. um, who have all gotten together to literally create the Illuminati and have like a secret kind of web of knowledge and kind of just oversight and control over the world and like the things that happen. Yep. Um, yeah, which on its <clears> face, I, I remember way back before like I even got super big into comics where you were telling me about that and at the edit's face I was like oh, that sounds kind of lame and cheesy cuz mm-hmm. but when you think about it it's like if that if the illuminati was like an actual entity that was real like and it was in that universe like it would make total sense for like super insanely smart and also slash superhero people to be heads of it. Yeah, especially when you consider like what each of these people can do on their own. Yeah, exactly. Like having a room with, and I'll go over the team right now, with T'Challa, Reed Richards, Namor, Black Bolt, Stephen Strange... And um and at one point Charles Xavier yep um and who, I feel like I'm uh, missing Tony somebody. Stark and Tony Stark yeah. yeah that's who I'm missing uh do you guys know him Iron Man yeah <laughs> <laughs> minor character um and then uh, uh, Charles Xavier who at this point in continuity is dead um so they it, there's kind of a cool tie in this comes up in a later issue but they have like a flashback yep this uh before actually before we get too far yeah, into yeah let's the, yeah let's get to it there's one thing that I want to talk about first which is the uh, creative team. I uh, don't want to get too far without saying their names. Uh, Avengers, at least the run, where the uh, the arc that we're reading today uh, is written by Jonathan Hickman, art by uh, Jerome Opeña, uh, colors by Dean White, and uh, letters by uh, VCs Corey Pettit. Uh, the new Avengers run is also written by Jonathan Hickman, but this one has art. Uh, this one has art by Steve Epting, who is uh, a favorite of mine. I think Steve Epting does really good art. Um, he's really uh, well known for doing like the uh, Ed Brubacher, like one of the most recommended Captain America runs. Okay. Um, Epting is is all over. He's done tons of books. Gotcha. Um, this one has colors by, uh, or sorry, uh, this one also has uh, inks by Rick Magyar and colors by Frank uh, Demarda. Uh, and letters by VCs Joe Caramanga. Uh, so just to get the creative team out there, because there are uh, a lot of people doing some of their best work on both of these series. Oh yeah, um, it's stellar throughout. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so going over the new Avengers team, uh, yeah, Xavier was on it at one point, and then we get a flashback of like uh, them going to recruit the new member because Xavier left uh, basically an heir to his position. Yeah, and the flashback is really cool because we see Xavier in his office, or sorry, we see Beast in his o- in, in his office when he gets a letter. Like uh, it seems like Charles Xavier's funeral was recently, mm-hmm. and uh, they go like the rest of Xavier's like things have been divided up. The mansion is left to the X Men, uh, but he wanted you to have this this letter uh, after he died. And then Beast goes like, oh, that's peculiar. Like, Xavier left me a letter. And then when he opens the letter, it just has one word written on it. Remember. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as he does, like, this kind of, like, psychic, like, lock gets opened in his head. Yeah. Of this memory he has with uh, Xavier, where Xavier's meeting with him. And he's like, um, Hank, like, I, I trust you. Like, there's this terrible secret that I need to trust you with. And I need you to forgive me because you're like you're gonna think terribly of me when you realize what i've done yeah um and even worse when you realize i'm putting it on you once i'm gone yeah when (laughs) what i'm asking you to do yeah and and uh and hank is um at this point they kind of acknowledge it to each other i think uh xavier says like i think we've both grown past like seeing each other as our our idealized self i think we both know like what kind of men we are Mm -hmm. because they're both like the kind of people who are like the ends justify the means kind of type and uh, Xavier looks at me. He's like, he's like, you're the only one I can trust with this. And he goes into his safe, and there's a password written on it. He's like, how did you know you were special, Hank? It's like, well, you always told me you were, I was. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, the password is gifted. And then he opens it up. Uh, Beast just goes like, oh my! And there's an Infinity Stone in there. Yep. And Xavier's like, this is yours now. Watch over this. But also, I'm gonna wipe your memory for now. And you're in the Illuminati. Yeah. Goodbye. So yeah, Xavier had had taken that memory out of Beast's head. And until that note was given to him, remember. So as soon as he died, he would become the new Illuminati member. That's a really yeah. cool way to leave like a dead drop like uh, memory. Oh yeah, for that was sure. such a cool touch. That's, I love that scene so much because it's just so cool. It's like only Xavier could do something like that. Because mm-hmm. like anybody could have just like left a note and like a combination to a safe. You know, he goes, Xavier said, "Don't open this safe until he dies." Okay, yeah. now I'll open it. Like that's not as nearly as fucking cool, right? Um, but yeah, so that that's the team we have in the Illuminati. Um. I kind of want to go over this story first, just because it kind of sets up the back. Like the other one is kind of something that's happening. It's just kind of like an Avengers adventure, which does tie into everything in the end. But this new Avengers run sets up like the overall hook 
for uh, for what this book is going to be in general. Like the whole overarching kind of just plot behind everything. Uh, New Avengers starts with uh, Reed Richards, or starts it starts with uh, in Wakanda because in in New Avengers it starts in Wakanda where we see uh, these kind of like they they see, kind of seem like Wakandan college students. Uh, T'Challa later describes them as like the, like the nation's like best and brightest. Yeah, and they're kind of going across to like Wakanda as is just kind of like discovering things like on a kind of mission of self discovery. It seems like going around finding artifacts and solving puzzles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. And they find this kind of ancient uh, Wakandan artifact that looked like it was some kind of like star map. Um, some of these things get brought up. Uh, I just want to call this out for people who read Black Panther. Some of these things get re-brought up in uh, in Coates' Black Panther run. Oh, really? For the Black Panther galaxy story. Oh, okay. Um, so a lot of this stuff gets brought up later with this whole kind of Wakandan star charting. Gotcha. It's uh, It's very cool. Yeah, it looks awesome. Um, and so they're kind of doing this and then T'Challa shows up just kind of to congratulate them. And it's like, yeah, you're, you're, you're all doing well. Like you're Wakanda's best and brightest. And I have utmost faith in you guys to like, you know, help Wakanda, like, you know, stay, you know, like the nation that it is. But then as they're doing this, uh, peculiar, like it's weird. Cause this, uh, rhino just comes running at them from yeah. like a force field. And at for- at first you're like, wait, what the fuck? Um, but then T'Challa calls it out. Like that's the force field, like the illusion shield that keeps yep. Wakanda so nobody can see like what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so like, if you were to look out the shield, you would see like the real world essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Wakanda, uh, or sorry, Black Panther kind of looks at this rhino and he's like, what the hell was that rhino running from? And T'Challa pokes his head out the shield to kind of see like what's going on in the real world here. And he looks up and sees literally like, uh, a parallel earth. Uh, but it's like uh, on like a red sky, just kind of what this Earth looks like. It's just like coming towards it, like the the moon in Majora's Mask. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Um, and these uh, these like what look like superheroes are more like a strike team, honestly. Kind of just like float down, like they fly down. Yep. Leading them is this woman who we'll know as Black Swan. Uh, kind of just like pale skin. Uh, very much looks like a supervillain. Um, with just like this like kind of like flowing like black costume. She looks pretty cool. Um, with also the, uh, this kind of like, like I said, they look like a strike team, like a military, like commando team. Yep. And then some kind of like, uh, uh, other like uh, superhero looking dude who looks like he has a costume kind of similar to the character Manifold, who we'll see later. Well, and she even calls him by name Manifold. Yeah. Yeah. By, yeah he's like an alternate universe Manifold. Yep. Uh, Black Panther has a really cool line here. He kind of just like goes right up to Black Swan. He's like, explain yourself. Like, what are you doing here? There's a really good line here where she says, uh, tell me if I told you I came here to kill a world, would you try to stop? me and black panther just like extends his claws he's like i would do more than try i'm <laughs> yeah. like ooh, okay that's how it's gonna be right um and then yeah so this uh she's like all right kill them kill them all and then yeah the strike team goes to like you know fire at them and and kills like a lot of the, the people like black panther tries to shield them but only manages to shield one of the kids yeah they have a couple crazy guns that are just like ray beams and one dude just gets like completely torched like half of his body the, the final person ends up getting like sniped um, so all three of them end up getting, like, taken out by this, like, squad from an alternate universe. And Black Panther is just, like, you can see, like, tears. Like, he's, like, these were literally, like, the future of Wakanda. Like, I will murder the shit out of you. Yeah, like, it pretty much seems like they're being groomed to be, like, the next, like, diplomats or, like... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, some kind of political figures. And um, this alternate universe manifold and Black Swan have this device that they're using. This kind of, like... Uh this small device that it seems like they need to activate together. Black Panther just comes out of the woods, like, filled with rage because, like, they just killed, like, these three kids, and he just goes and, like, takes them out and manages to stop Black Swan before she activates this device, which, for all it definitely seems like it was about to blow up the Earth. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Black Panther literally saves the world here. and uh, Yeah, because it ends up being, like, an antimatter bomb. Yeah, meant to, <laughs> meant to destroy this planet. Yeah. Um, but then as soon as he does that, he notices that the Earth... Like in the sky that was coming towards them, that one gets blown up. Yeah, as uh, almost kind of like a failsafe, and he's just looking up like, "What the fuck just happened?" And then the page turns and it says like Illuminati. And so that's that's T'Challa being like, "I can't do this alone. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna need <laughs> the help." Um. So yeah, and then he says like, "Save me from what I'm about to do." And we see the team assembling. Except their plan here is is kind of smart. This is where it'll tie into Avengers a little bit because. Yep. They're getting the Avengers together, but T'Challa especially, I think, uh, because he's the one who forms this team, 
is thinking to himself, like, someone in this group needs to keep us honest because the last time we got together, things went very bad. Yep. Like, they be- <laughs> they're basically responsible for a lot of bad things happening, like we talked about in uh, Hickman's Fantastic Four yep. that we uh, that we covered, where it, that book talks about the Illuminati, where Reed Richards talks about it as, like, he knows it's a great failure, yet here he is. Yep. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, Ca- Captain America walks in, and it's going to be the first meeting of the Illuminati, which um, this would be a good segue to get back to Avengers because we'll go over this first meeting of the Illuminati uh, and then we'll see kind of like what happens. Um, but the general hook that uh, this that sets up this whole new Avengers run that Black Swan kind of explains here is interesting because I think it creates a lot of interesting questions. And not only that, some really fucked up like moral dilemmas that this yeah. whole team has to deal with. <laughs> yeah. Um, because she explains these uh, what they're known as incursions. Basically, uh, all these alternate universes, um, they used to kind of just coexist and all kind of run on their own paths and just go in their own directions and everything worked out fine. But some kind of like irregularity or something happened to fuck it up where now specifically Earth itself, the planet Earth, uh, it seems like every once in a while these multiverses, two of these uh, different Earths from different multiverses will crash into each other like physically. Yeah. And no one can really explain why it happens. But all they know is that if these two Earths uh, crash into each other, like literally like touch from alternate universes, both universes cease to exist and mm-hmm. just blink out of existence. Yeah, because Earth is basically like the horcrux of it all. Like it holds a lot of it together. Right. So it, so it, because these universes, the barriers between them are kind of breaking, specifically between Earth, the only way to stop both universes from getting destroyed that these people know of anyway is to blow up one of the Earths so that way they don't collide. Yeah. I mean, um, it's definitely... One of the most like definite plans, yeah, <laughs> or like or like scot free ones, yeah, because basically these Earths can't touch, or both of them cease to exist. So if you blow up one planet, you spare both universes, but everyone on that planet dies. Yep. So like both universes like would kind of want that to happen, just not the people on Earth. <laughs> yeah, not the people on that planet. Um, but that 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 explains why Black Swan was here. She even tells Reed Richards like I came here to blow up this planet, so both universes did not die. Yeah. So when you stop me. Then that Earth had to go. Yeah, we had to get the other one. Yeah. So, like, we, we one of them had to go or we'd all be dead right now. Mm-hmm. And Reed Richards is like, so you're saying this is going to happen again? And she says, yeah, once these incursions start, they keep happening and they start getting more rapid. Like, there's no way to stop this. It is perpetual and there's no way to avoid it. The only way is to, as she explains, basically keep building bombs and keep blowing up the Earth as they show up. Yep. Uh, and she says that so matter-of-factly, like, of course, that's the way you do it. Like, mm-hmm. this is the this is just what life is. Like, she has been fighting this, like, battle for God knows how long, just going to different Earths and blowing them up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's quite a job. So for her, she's just... Just like this is just the constant of the universe. Like you guys got to get used to it. This is just a thing that happens. Yep. Um, and they're all, you know, they're all problem solvers. So they're all thinking, well, I mean, no, <laughs> there's got to be another way, a better way, because we can't just go around blowing up planets and killing people. We're superheroes. We're good guys. Yeah, we're not Galactus. Yeah. And uh, they're, they're who just... will come up? And yeah, right. And it's cool. They have uh, when the Illuminati first gathers, they all have these like uh, they're like, all right, check in. How do we all know that we're that we're who we say we yeah. are because they want to make sure there's no scrolls. Yeah, exactly. So, so uh, Namor has the uh, reality gem and uses it as kind of like a uh, lie detector. Yeah. And everyone goes around saying their names and um, they determine that the, o- and the only way they're going to be able to stop this that they can think of because literally they know when the next incursion is about to happen. There's like a warning sign, like the atmosphere is kind of like a start aligning before the planets hit. Yeah. So they have like an early detection system, but they know one of these incursions is going to happen again in like, hours so the only idea they can think of is get the infinity stones together build the infinity gauntlet and i'm like holy shit we're in like issue two this is badass <laughs> well it's actually uh captain america that comes up with it because like because tony and reed initially are like well we have to have all options on the table like we might have to blow up all the planets and yeah then captain america's like okay hold on a second like let's try this first at least yeah like, I, ah, fine i love these brief scenes where captain america is with the illuminati because yeah. he just like taught the way he's talking is just like he's so right about everything oh yeah and where everything's gonna go because he's like you guys need to like we can't put these options on the table because the yep. second they're on the table, that means people are going to start making them a reality. Yep. Because they start as contingencies, like we won't unleash this unless. But then they become under what conditions can we unleash it? Mm-hmm. And then it becomes like, 
okay, well, should we just go ahead and do it? Yeah. Like, it's an, it's an escalating thing that he's warning about. Like, as soon as you let this idea pop in your heads, you're going to do it. You're just speaking it into existence. Yeah, cause I've been in this room with you two before when, like, similar talking points have been on the table and, like, you always go down the same road. Yeah, and then coming from Captain America, too, talking about, like, you know, people talking about the necessities of evil. I'll, yeah. I'll never buy it. Yeah. Yep. Um, and they're all just like, and eh, get this square out of the room, please. <laughs> yeah, like, what a downer. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they're like, all right, we'll get the Infinity Gems. Like, that should work. Like, literally, the Infinity Gauntlet can, like, control anything with your universe. Yep. Like, when, like that has come up so many times where it's just like, this can do anything. Like, yep. so they're all just very confident this will work. Except Namor. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, Namor's always the the one in the room being like, you all are fucking dumb. Right, well, and the, the cool, like, uh, niche of, like, the situation, too, is when once they get everything together, Namor is even like, well, who wields it? Like, I should do it. Like, I'm the most powerful. And right. And they're, like, they're like, no, like, Steve has to do it. He's the one who came up with the idea, like, it's so... It, like, has to be him. Yeah. He's, like, the only one in the room that basically all of them trust. Yeah. Uh, like Plus, even- and then, like, if you go off the whole, like, magical concept, too, where, like, if he's the one that willed it, like, he should be the one to wield it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, they're, yeah, they're, they're, he's the one that they have the most confidence and, like, willpower with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they get the Infinity Gauntlet together. They, they've all been holding on to the stones. I think that's pretty badass that the Avengers just had the stones. I think that's a pretty cool concept. I don't know where they ended up with all those. I don't know if that's something Hickman set up. Yeah, yeah. But I, I like the idea that, you know, when, when no villain's trying to collect them, they just have them under wraps. Like, I think that's pretty badass. I was going to say, like, it. I mean, it's never a great idea to have, like, one like group of people to own something that powerful yeah the but, illuminati especially yeah. <laughs> but at the same time it's probably like you could have worse security but than we'll that. see it won't matter for long because yeah. uh they go to use the infinity stones another incursion happens uh like uh, way out in like the snowy mountains the remote area yep uh and they they put the gauntlet in, and uh captain america just takes the gauntlet points it at the other earth and says like go back <laughs> yeah just pushes it back be gone gives a little tap yeah and it seems like it's working at first, and like he gives it one final shove to try to just like get the incursion to stop. Mm-hmm. And it's literally, it shatters the Infinity Stones, which has never happened. Yep. Uh, and all of them, except the Time Stone, which blinks just out vanishes, of existence. Yeah. yeah, which is mysterious. Yeah, that's a cool kind of... Because they're like, ooh, the Time Stone is, is the one that disappeared. Interesting. Yeah, it's a little detail. Yeah, um, and so the Infinity Stones are gone. Like, it did kind of work. It pushed the incursion away. It bought them time. Yeah, it basically pushed it away, but it's still going to come back. Yeah. So it bought them, like, a day. Yep. Um, And then the, but now the Infinity Stones are gone. (laughs) Yeah, and all of them are just like, way to go, idiot. (laughs) Namor starts, like, (laughs) fighting Captain America. (laughs) Yep. It's like, you fucking doomed us, man. Yeah, this team dynamic is so fun to read, because, like, literally, like, a lot of these characters, like, just hate each other. (laughs) Yeah, like, these men should not be working together. Yeah, like, Namor and Black Panther, like, literally the opening scene where they talk black panther's like by the way when this is all over like i will kill yeah, you yeah i'm gonna kill your ass yeah because like right before this run took place like they just fought like a giant war like in wakanda a, a, right yeah like atlantis yeah. like a, like invaded wakanda jeez um so like yeah that's why black panther like has to meet him in secret and no one can know that namor's there because yeah. if anyone found out black panther was meeting with namor they'd be like uh <laughs> <laughs> that's a problem um and then yeah so it gets pretty crazy and then yeah beast is in the fray now as well um and he even like when they have the final confrontation with Captain America he kind of looks at Captain like Captain America's like at first he goes to T'Challa he's like T'Challa you're the person in this room I trust the most like can I I I trust you to do the right thing and Black Panther just like uh ominously is like I will do the right thing <laughs> yeah I'll do right things usually <laughs> <laughs> and then um yeah yeah he goes to the room and he's like so we're not gonna build this bomb right. And he looks around at everyone, and, and they're just like, I don't think, if we don't have any, if you have a better idea, we're all ears. Yeah. But this is all we have, to, this is all we have on the table right now, so I think we need to get started, or we'll be behind when we really need it. Mm-hmm. And he looks around, and he's like, Black Panther, like, I, I know you're with me. Stand up for what's right. And he's like, <laughs> I told you I would do what I thought was right, and that's what I'm doing right now. And he has a cool line where he's basically saying, uh, I have personal moral, morals, I do, like, I, I, I'm like you, Steve, but... I'm the king of the nation, and I am an extension of my people, and yep. above anything else, I will protect Wakanda. Yep. And he looks at Black Bolt, and he's like, "What? oh, you too, Black Bolt, uh, heavy is the crown. And then Black Bolt doesn't say anything because he can't or the room would explode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he just, like, waves his hand, just like, because uh, he knows sign language. Yeah, so he's yeah. like, yes, um, in, uh, in sign language. 
And then uh, the final person he goes to, of course, is Tony. Yep. And uh, well, actually, he goes to Beast, and he's like, Beast just is like so confident. He's like, "What are you really going to ask a mutant what he would do to stave off extinction?" Yep. Which is a good scientific <laughs> answer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, he goes to to Iron Man at the end, and he's like, "Tony, like." We're friends. Like, you and me, we're brothers. He even calls him brother here, which is just like, oh. Yep. And he's like, you can't do this. Like, you, you guys can't do this. This is an evil thing you're doing. And he's like, damn it, Steve. Like, I, I thought you'd I thought you come around. Like, I thought you'd realize, like, we, we're doing what we have to. Like, it's insulting. Like, you can't think that we're doing this because we want to. Yeah, it's like, like we already taught you this lesson once, old man. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I was really hoping you'd come along with us, but, and then he just says, do it, Steven. Yep. And then Doctor Strange wipes his memory. And then that'll take us back to Avengers, where in Avengers, uh, it's, I'm doing it in a different order than the reading order, because I yeah, think this yeah. is an interesting way. To, I'm doing it chronologically. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Captain America wakes up, and this is actually Avengers number one, where uh, he wakes up and uh, he's asked, like, hey, did you sleep well? And uh, Steve's like, I don't think so. And then he like has like just a flashback to him seeing the Illuminati. Yeah. Which when you read it the first time, you don't really know what that means. But then re- going back and like me rereading it now, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. He's probably got a hangover. Yeah, it clicks. But it starts out very uh, just kind of like triumphant Avengers. Like I said, Hickman was trying to channel like the Avengers movie. Um, with this first issue especially. Yeah, you gotta reel them in. Yeah, exactly. And it's a really good idea because the Avengers movie just came out the year before this. Yep. And they're just relaunching it. Like, people were probably getting into comics to read this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it starts out with the, the team from the first Avengers movie. Literally just that team. Uh, and they, they find out that, uh, this thing from Mars has been shooting these pods at Earth and like basically attacking it with like these gene pods that start mutating and spawning creatures. Yeah. And so they're like, okay, we gotta go to Mars and find out what the fuck's happening. Yeah, it kinda reminded me of like annihilation. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Like just the way it's like more just like cells changing in weird, horrifying ways. Yeah, yeah. just kinda changes like the ecosystem it lands around. Yep, and like just like accelerated evolution kinda. Yep. Um, and so yeah, he assembles this team to uh, to go to Mars, and it, it's uh, when they get there. I see, this is the one thing in this book, this first book that we're going to talk about this week that I don't know is my is the strongest is these villains. Yeah, um, I, they they actually they're going to be in this run for a while, and they do get better later on. But I think in this introduction, I don't know if they were my favorite. Um, because it's just hard to get like a read on them and like how you're supposed to feel about them, especially like the way it ends with like universe and stuff. It's just very like. Um, at least reading it by itself, it just feels very underwhelming at first because like a lot of things are just being treated as normal. And yeah, just kind of it's kind accepted. Of of but that, uh, going back reading this, I'm like, that's just the way Hickman writes. Like, yeah, he lets you exist in the universe and explains things later, sometimes yeah. way later. Yep, which I don't mind really. No, I I I like it a lot. The first time I read that, I I kind of thought that, but then the second time rereading it, I kind of like appreciated a little more. Kind of just, I think. It all comes down to like trust. Now that I trust Hickman and know where he's going, and now now that I've read the whole run before, oh, yeah. and I know it ends up in a really cool place. Like rereading it now, I kind of have more of a tolerance for it. Yeah. But for new readers, I can see them like reading of the Avengers book. I think new Avengers will hook anybody. I think it's just very oh, yeah. readable, definitely. But these initial villains in uh, Avengers, I can I can see uh, like when I first time reading it, I was a little uh, perplexed by them. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of interesting. They basically explain themselves as these. Uh, they were created by this ancient race called the Builders, which will come up later yeah it's, um, it's interesting though because uh these uh villains here actually kind of reminded me of uh like alien a little bit yeah like, the builders bit. they reminded me of like the engineers yeah kind of like built the xenomorphs and all that yeah who were just kind of experimenting with like creating life like being god yeah yeah, yeah. um and that's basically what these things are they described that they were built by machines to kind of go to planets seed life and then see if they see if it was good or not is <laughs> yeah. basically what they're saying. And then yep. they were like, if the life was ugly or weird, we basically eradicated it and started over. Yep. Um, and so we basically determined which species were meant to live, which ones, which ecosystems were meant to go on, which ones were meant to die, uh, yep. etc. Um, and so he has like it's like a trio of them. Uh, he's uh, the one who uh, like seeds life. He has a sister who uh, is kind of like a mix of like life and death. She explains. Um, and then there's like this robot who is like the, like, kind of like the aspect of like destruction. Um, yeah, he's, his name is Aleph. Yeah. He's the one that cleanses. <laughs> yeah. So basically when they determine that a species needs to go away and be wiped clean and start over, they send in the Aleph who wipes everything out with like a burning fire. Yeah. Um, whereas the, uh, Whereas uh, X Nilo, the big yellow dude, he he's his whole thing is like changing life. Like, no, it's it's fine. We just need to tweak it a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we need to sustain these things because I think they're beautiful. 
So, like, he kind of, like, talks like he thinks he's, like, the heroic figure, but he's going in and, like, killing all these people and mutating yeah. <laughs> them. Uh, but these these beings all seem very, like, naive. Like, they don't seem like they've existed in society. They just go around, like, fucking with it. Like, kids, you know, playing with toys. Yeah, they're just kind of in a sandbox. Yeah, and, and, they, and they seem like they've been given tasks that they don't fully understand either. Like, they're very naive about even what their own jobs are. Mm-hmm. Like, even by the end, they're just kind of like, we don't really understand what we're doing, but I think we're doing it right. Yeah, because then eventually Universe just shows up and is like, yeah, so like, I, I'm kind of sick of what you're doing. Like, you should just stop and do something else. Yeah, you guys are like actually <laughs> doing fucked up things and doing your job bad. And they're yeah. like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, just get like immediately put in their places. Like, sorry, sir. They're like, oh, I guess we got to do better. <laughs> and that that's kind of where it twists to a point where I started enjoying it more because oh, yeah. then they kind of become more three dimensional characters. Yep. Because then it's like, oh, like, because they actually do want to accomplish their goals. They're not just evil or like, yeah, they're ac- not just do batters or like accidentally evil, which is like, even dumber like they are yeah. at first but then they learn and like improve as characters so that's when i started to enjoy reading about them a little more yeah definitely um and that'll come up more later when we talk about uh where this goes next week um but yeah this this first scene i think what what does work really well in this avengers book is it's just hickman is so good at just writing like epically for lack of a better word oh yeah um like he makes these characters seem like literally like legends when mm. they're fighting like just the way he writes and the way that and the art too, the way the art progresses and just kind of like gives you what you need to just imagine the rest of it. Because what you're getting, like you don't get like a like an eight page Avengers fight with like a bunch of dialogue like a lot of books would do. Like sometimes the combat is just like one panel, but it's yep. like a panel that hits really hard. Oh yeah. Like I'm trying to find a good example here where um like the Avengers are basically captured. It comes up more uh more of what I'm talking about when the Avengers come back. Um, but there's a really good one here when um they kind of like the one who like just kind of likes to to twist between life and death goes to Hulk and just kind of whispers in his ear and kind of mind controls him. Yeah, he's like, "You're the strongest one there is. I know this, but there's one here who doesn't know that." Mm-hmm. And he looks up at Thor. He's like, "He thinks he's stronger than you. <laughs> Prove him wrong." And then Hulk just gets twisted and he's like, "Smash!" And then we just get like one panel of Hulk just like jumping at Thor and knocking him out of the sky. Yeah, uh, and like that's all we need. Like we don't get the whole fight, but just seeing that and then twit going to another scene in this battle, like you can Im- just imagine that happening in the background, just like two like the Elias just smashing each other. Yeah, like the minimalistic like use of it like works just really well. Yeah, yeah, it just it makes it seem like uh, I don't know something it, like less is more. And mm-hmm, sometimes, especially definitely. with the, with the art. Oh yeah. Um, and like the, the way that these characters like Hickman just has a really good way of like nailing these characters and like their voices. Um, and just like. Th- one-liners that'll just make you fucking like fist pump like honestly mm-hmm. like there's a whole bunch of like really good parts with captain america here where uh they tell him like i bet you're feeling pretty good about yourself or, or no captain america says uh i bet you're feeling pretty good about yourself right now aren't you and she's like huh i bet you think you've won well ma'am you haven't not as long as i'm left standing dunk 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 <laughs> and, like bounces a shield i'm like yeah right <laughs> And uh, the robot even goes to him, uh, and he's like, yield, and he's like, not a chance. Yield, yield, and just keeps <laughs> punching him to the point where he's even just like, like can't even talk. He's just like, nah, nah. <laughs> he's like, will this guy shut up? Right. And uh, X Nilo is the one who like stops stops her from uh, stops the robot from killing him, and he's like, no, 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 we don't, we're not going to kill the Avengers. That would be wasteful. Mm-hmm. Like I choose to to sustain life, to transform it, and then he takes the uh, he puts. Uh, Steven, or he puts Steve like uh, in a ship and sends him home, uh, where he just kind of crashes into like uh, crashes his ship unconscious, like onto the earth. Yeah, he's like, we'll send him back with a message, like the Avengers will be conquered. Yep. Uh, like you know, they thought their heroes were real tough. <laughs> we showed them. Yeah, and they've got like Tony, Thor, Hawkeye, uh, and Black Widow, uh, and the Hulk, kind of like all tied up, like in this kind of like route that they've created on Mars. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a really badass moment where Steve just kind of wakes up in the hospital, just like dude. <laughs> was out for revenge and like he goes to this computer that him and Tony Tony were working on to like, kind of like expand the Avengers roster like I yep. talked about at the beginning of the podcast yep uh, and then it's a really cool just kind of like uh, sequence of oh this, I just want to read this part because it's so cool um, it's like it was a summoning he was the first our very best talking about Captain America mm-hmm. so when he called what hero would not answer it started with an idea the spark that of the fire that started the expansion and he said, assemble at dawn, and how could we not? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> right. And then you just see the team that uh, that Tony and him put together. Uh, and in the background, this is what's going to be the, the new team for this book. They got them all in this picture here. Um, along with the five that are on Mars, uh, Captain America has assembled, uh, I'll, go, I'll start with the familiar ones, Spider-Man, Wolverine, the two biggest ones, um, Spider-Woman, Captain Marvel, 
Uh, two members of the New Mutants. Uh, these are like some of Hickman's favorite characters. So he was like, "Fuck it, I'm writing the book. I'm putting some X Men in here. I don't care." Oh yeah, <laughs> for real. Though. So he took Sunspot and Cannonball from the New Mutants and put them on this team, which is pretty fun. Oh yeah. Um, Falcon is here. Uh, we have Shang Chi, which is pretty cool because he's ne- like never on the Avengers. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, and then uh, Manifold, who uh, who we talked about, who is like the uh, a teleporter. Um, he he comes up a lot in Coates' Black Panther run as well, so uh, I appreciated seeing him here on the reread. Nice. Um, and then three, uh, not, I'm not, I don't want to say new, but three characters that we talked about that Hickman is bringing in to expand. Uh, Smasher, who is uh, basically like a Shi'ar Imperial Guard, like an alien uh, who smashes things. Yep. Um, Universe, who we talked uh, a little bit about already. Uh, and then Hyperion, who Hyperion is interesting because he's basically, he was introduced almost as like a joke. He was like the, uh, D, you know, Marvel being like, here's the Justice League. And it's like Hyperion, who's clearly Superman. And then there yeah. was like a Batman and like a Wonder Woman too. Gotcha. Uh, so Hyperion was always kind of just like that joke character who like, that's why he has all of Superman's powers. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, so if you want to know what Hyperion's powers are, literally it's Superman's powers mm-hmm. um, to a T. Um, but the the way like the origin Hickman gives him here is so fucking cool and ties in with some of what's going on in New Avengers in a way that you only realize if you re- if you're reading both books. Yeah, I've only got a little bit of flavor for what's going to be happening there, but the the early setup for it it seems like it's going to be awesome. Yeah, well, because uh, I just want to make sure I didn't accidentally read ahead. They they go over uh, Hyperion's origin in yes. this book, right? Yes. Yeah, so we can talk about that because I think it's kind of cool the way he tied this into the new, what's happening in New Avengers with the mm-hmm. Earths smashing into each other. Oh, yeah. Hyperion is described as coming from one of those Earths that had an incursion. Um, like, his his original origin is kind of gone over. It's literally Clark Kent's origin story. Uh, he was a baby put in a rocket ship as his planet exploded. But then his Earth that he lived on kind of uh, had an incursion, like another Earth came to smash into it. And the panels that we get of Hyperion trying to stop that from happening are really fucking cool because, like, he's literally, like, Superman holding these two Earths against each other with his hands. Yeah. Like, literally just being like, (laughs) no! Like, trying to stop it, and he can't. Like, the incursion happens anyway. Yep. The coolest part, though, that I think is really cool is the incursion, like, the two universes snap out of existence, but he lives, Mm -hmm. which I think is pretty interesting. Um, and not only that, but he like kind of just exists in this white nothingness when he gets pulled, uh, using a machine we've actually talked about before on the podcast. Yep. Uh, good old Reed Richards. Yeah. Go back to check out our fantastic four episode where we read, uh, Hickman's first run on fantastic four and then watched the original fantastic four, 1994 movie, <laughs> which was pretty fun. Oh yeah. Uh, that was pretty wild. But what he talked about in that book, uh, this uh, machine that Reed Richards built that could pull things from other universes and see other universes, um, and that's where this comes up again, where the, uh, AIM, uh, for those who don't know what AIM is, it's basically one of the secret organizations in Marvel who just kind of like tinker with shit uh, and just do scientific experiments. They come up uh, a few times in this book. Yeah, I'd never heard of it before, but they seem like a, a bunch of shitheads. Yeah, there's a really good scene that uh, explains them perfectly, where Captain Marvel is just beating the shit out of them. Yeah, and, she, and she's holding one of them up, and she's like, "What?" Like they're basically going to incursion sites, like taking the goo that they can find and injecting it into people. Yeah, they're just in, like introducing weird new species and organisms into different hosts. <laughs> yeah, so she has a good scene where she lifts one of them up, and she's like, "Why would you do this?" Yeah, like, you knew he was going to die and weird shit was going to happen. Why would you do it? And they're basically just like, we wanted to see what would happen. Yeah, and like, <laughs> we were interested. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, um, but anyway, not to get too far ahead, I just wanted to introduce the team so that way guys, you guys had kind of an understanding. Yeah. Because this first issue kind of sets up Hyperion in a really cool way, too, so that's why I wanted to talk about it. Because uh, uh, Steve takes this uh, team to Mars using Manifold to teleport them to Mars. And he's like, I've never done this before, but theoretically I can teleport anywhere, so sure, let's go to Mars. Yeah. And uh, teleports them to Mars with this new Avengers team uh, to free the Avengers, which is a pretty badass hook, to, you know, especially in issue two. Like, we're going to free the Avengers with oh, the yeah. new squad. I'm like, damn, this is moving fast. Yeah, it kicks off right away. Uh, Hyperion actually goes toe-to-toe with the Hulk, which kind of sets up, like, what he can do here, which I think is pretty cool. And they have, uh, Hickman always has really good moments for Thor as well. He's a really good writer of Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're kind of, when they're investigating the Avengers they've captured, they go up to Thor especially, and they're like, uh, even the robots, like, classification, deity, and they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, like, oh, we caught a weird one. We have a god. And he's <laughs> like, yeah, I'm literally a god, so I'm going to break out of here soon. 
and uh, so they're kind of like treating him a little more seriously. Um, so that's the first person that they go to free when they come back. Like they they look at this this vine and they're like, this is literally like an unbreakable vine. Like nothing we have can get through this. And mm-hmm. Wolverine's like nothing. <laughs> and Wolverine comes in using his adamantium claws and just slices open the root effortlessly. Yep. Um, I think even Spider Man's like, what are we gonna cut this with? Oh, I see. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Oh, yeah, my two favorite parts of this fight are just, like, Hyperion going toe-to-toe with the Hulk and then the Thor finally getting his powers back and just, like, smiting him. Yeah. And, uh, like, even one of these, like, uh, like builder creations, like the woman, she's like, oh, I've lost him. Like, I really wanted that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she, like, even tries to get him to marry her. Yeah, she's like, hey, uh, you know, we could start our own deity. We could start our own pantheon. Yeah, we could <laughs> run off and destroy planets all on our own. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, as tempting as that is, no. <laughs> Um, but then, yeah, that, that this whole thing kind of gets solved by Universe, who they actually had told us, like, was the person who originally, like, the Universe spawned the Builders, and the yep. Builders created them, is what they said. Mm-hmm. So, really, they, they worship the, the Universe, like, this entity of the Universe, like a god, like, and they call it Mother, like yep. their mother. And so, when Which Universe... Which is kind of like Alien again. Yeah. Um, and so... That was a good person for Captain America to bring, honestly. That was pretty good. Yeah, the, good out, of, out of everyone, that was the key. Although, if you're building a team of the Avengers and you know someone who is the entity of the universe, I'm going to put them <laughs> on the squad every time. I was going to say, you might want to make them, like, the leader. <laughs> oh, by the way. you got to have quite an ego to put yourself above the universe. <laughs> All right, listen here, Universe. I'm Tony Stark. I yeah. lead the Avengers. Do you know how much money I have? I have an iron suit. <laughs> I could buy you. Really, my suit is the Universe. You live in my butt, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, so the um, a lot of the uh, second arc of the Avengers. I mean, we it only kind of there's like a shorter arc after that where they're kind of going to the incursion sites and yeah. trying to stop those from happening. It's a really cool part with uh, Doom that comes up. Oh yeah, that that that's that's towards the end. That that's a really cool part as well, where an incursion starts there in New Avengers. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, I didn't mean incursions. I meant the, uh, the oh. pods. Oh, right, right. I used the wrong word. Sorry. Gotcha. Um, there's pods that are going across the Earth, like to uh, like Japan and like some other areas as well. Um, there's the one in the Savage Land that we talked about that AIM goes to. Yep. There's a couple cool parts that I want to talk about as this goes through because Hickman's a really good person with detail. Like when he writes about these worlds, like they feel lived in, especially considering how many like different things are going on at once. Because mm-hmm. like I don't think a superhero universe always needs to be like cohesive with continuity and like existence of every known force and entity and like faction and everything yeah yeah but hickman fucking does it somehow anyway yeah definitely like there's all these cool gives little, you, like just enough yeah like even just with this one panel for just to give one example because we can't go over everything but this one example of like in kobe japan where they're they nobody can get in there it's basically an impenetrable field and like anyone who goes in is not heard of again it's like annihilation yep um and uh, Captain America says, like, nobody's gotten in except for one. Uh, around 12 hours ago, the hand managed to break the line. A full fist made it through the orbital uh, before orbital recon lost them. So, like, that's just a cool little detail. Like, the hand, like, the, from Daredevil, like, yep. going into Japan and just, like, the only people who can get in there and get the job done. And, like, they're not talking to the Avengers, so they're just doing that off screen. Mm-hmm. Like, just, like, little things like that, like, attention to detail. I really appreciate anytime I'm reading a Hickman book. Uh, but then, yeah, so that's basically the first arc of Avengers that's in this book. Um, it cuts between these two books a lot. We're jumping around in our own order here uh, yeah. just because we're loosey-goosey. Yep. Um, but the rest of what takes place is basically the Avengers ha- – sorry, the Illuminati, I should say, have uh, now extended their time with the Infinity Jones uh, – Infinity Jones – <laughs> I'm Infinity Jones. <laughs> yeah, is that like one of the new Avengers? <laughs> yeah, he has the Infinity Gauntlet. He's Infinity Jones. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows him. Uh, but yeah, the Infinity Stones uh, were broken uh, by Infinity Jones. Yeah. Um. And so now they the incursions have been extended, but they still don't have a solution. So now at this point, especially after knocking out Captain America, they're all pretty much on Team Bomb now. Yeah, they can they can get to the drawing board without that uh, freaking downer in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Let's get building bombs. Yeah. And uh, T'Challa and Reed Richards work together to take the bomb that they found in Wakanda that Black Panther stopped Black Swan from using. Yep. Uh, and they reverse engineer it and create a version of that themselves that could, it's an antimatter bomb designed to blow up planets. So, yep. yeah. Um, <laughs> pretty grim. Yeah, no, well, then surprisingly, Stark actually, he builds uh, like basically a Dyson sphere. Which we've talked about actually. We, uh, or no, we, do, we didn't talk about it on the podcast. We, when uh, it comes up in uh, Hoxpox. Oh, right, Hickman's, right. Uh, X Men run. Yep. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah. Yep. Except it's been taken over by uh, by these like mutant kind of hunter people. Yep. Um. So, yeah, that's that's a lesson. Tony Stark, you build these giant weapons. Yeah. They're not going to always be for you. You leave them sitting around. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that, so yeah, he starts building like a Dyson sphere laser. Yeah, which, like, is that just to try to catch the planet, or is that just supposed to be to propel it's, it? It's a battery, is what he's describing, okay. I think. So it's basically to do something, like, yeah, yeah. whatever they need that kind of power for. Gotcha. 
Um, but the interactions with Black Swan keep getting more and more interesting as well because she's very clearly like not a quote unquote villain. Like, yeah, she actually has part of her that like is still remorseful about the things she has to do, and like it only comes out once really, where like she starts to cry. Yeah, and she's like, "You don't think I've tried all these things? Like I've considered all these things? Like I just know the facts, and you won't. None of you will listen to me. Like there is only one way this thing ends." Mm-hmm. And uh, and Reed Richards has a good line where he's like, "I pity you, you know, thinking that you can't do anything to solve the problems of the world," which is just a really good Reed Richards line. You know, he, he's the one who thinks he can solve everything. Yeah, uh, and then she's like, "I pity you, thinking you have." some say in how this all ends and i'm like oh shit that's also a really good reed richards line right that's a great line to put him in his place this fucking you can do you can be the smartest man in the world and still be helpless yep uh these incursions start to happen more and more rapidly i believe the next one happens in new york like over ellis island um this one was really cool because this one sets up uh like, because it's interesting. Oh, yeah, I, I was going to ask this too. Is that uh, Magneto where the Statue of Liberty used yes, to be? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> what, we'll what's the story behind that? We'll get to that. Well, it's like, uh, because that's what I think is cool is these Earths are colliding into each other. So they're not, like, these are multi, like, different multiverses. Oh, So that's what's really cool okay. is they, um, like, while this Earth is crashing into it, sure, the Illuminati's doing their best to stop the incursion from happening, but. What's happening in the other universe is always the question. Yeah. And uh, the Black Swan even explains it like, you know, people might come here to try to blow up your planet like I did. Yeah. Like, like you might find another Illuminati who wants to murder you because mm-hmm. you're just some other universe. So <laughs> yeah, you better look only, out. You're not the only pricks around. Yeah. You're not the only ones who have thought of all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we'll see, like, anytime these incursions happen, it's always going to be kind of like a gateway to us seeing another Marvel like universe. Mm-hmm. Because when this one happens over Ellis Island, they, uh, they take this bomb uh, with them and they're like, okay, well, unless you guys have a better idea, actually, they don't have the bomb ready yet. I don't think. No, not at this, this one point. is even more interesting because before this happens, there's a really good scene with Doctor Strange, who doesn't come up a lot, but when he does, it hits really hard. Yeah. Um, Doctor Strange is with Wong in the uh, in the Sanctum, and he's looking through this book. And when Wong sees this book that he's using, he kind of just like stops and like drops the tea that he had. Yeah. And he's like the the Blood Bible, like. No person has ever wielded that and lived. Like, God, that's such an awesome name. The Blood, the blood Bible. Bible. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like a metal album. Yeah, and he's like, even the simplest spells in the Blood Bible require like the souls of like forty noble men. Yep. And uh, and he's like, well, poof, close the books. <laughs> Sometimes you need hard you times. Need. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's like, listen, Wong. Th- big things are happening. I can't tell you exactly what, but just know that pretty much any day could be your last. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh boy. <laughs> and Wong's like, "This sounds very serious, Stephen. Like, can you tell me anything more? Like, will, will I ever? Will I see you again? Where are you going?" And, and he's like, "Wong, I'm carrying the Blood Bible. I don't think you'll ever see me again." Yeah. And then goes off. I'm like, "Oof, there's a good chance." Yeah. Like God, the writing and the dialogue in this, just like given the stakes, like the stakes that are set up, especially in this book. Oh yeah. Every issue is like life and death, and like you would think that would get boring, but like with these characters, like all and like how capable they all are, are and just how smart they all are. They all keep having these different solutions where you're like, ooh, that could work. Yep. Ooh, that could work. And yeah, absolutely. Like, um, Hickman, one of his biggest strengths from a writer standpoint writing characters, I think, is he's really good at writing just like very smart characters. And he's probably, it's probably just because he's a smart dude. Oh, yeah. But he, like, he's, uh, like he's really good at writing like a Reed Richards type or like a, a Hank McCoy type because he just has really good ideas for what smart people would think of, like creative solutions to things using like existing technology even. Yeah, it's a cool insight. Yeah. So um, when he's writing like all of these geniuses like in one book, like that's where it's like I'm just I'm just feasting because I'm loving reading all of these like just like uh, experts, just like being experts. And, like, oh, yeah. I believe that they're smart because they're bringing up smart ideas. Yeah, like th- like these kind of minds could like feasibly run something like an Illuminati. Yeah, and like the dialogue like convinces me of all that too. Oh yeah, um, and, like th- yeah, they sound just as evil enough to do it. Yep. <laughs> um, but this yeah this this one that they see this incursion is really cool because like you said they go to this alternate universe to kind of like see what they can do to stop it. Uh, re- uh, Stephen Strange even says like if I have to use the Blood Bible, I'll have to be over there and I'll have to activate it because mm-hmm. their initial plan is to go there use their infinity stones to push their earth back because the infinity stones only work in your universe so like that's not the worst idea if you can find them yeah um but their plan ends up not really mattering mattering because they go there and are really we don't know too much about this earth but our one hint is that the statue of liberty like you mentioned is magneto yep (laughs) and uh namor goes up to beast and he's like oh like this must interest you huh (laughs) he's like yeah maybe yeah 
And yeah, uh, maybe we should save this one. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, I, th- I just think that's really cool. Statue of Liberty, Magneto. Just oh yeah. Really fucking dope. Right. Um. And then yeah, but when they get here, uh, Galactus is already there devouring the planet. <laughs> yeah. And, and Namor is like, oh cool, <laughs> let's go home. That's a freebie. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Terax, one of Galact- Galactus's heralds, is sitting there just like. Um, like, what are you, are you, are you guys going to stop us? Cause we're here kind of saving your life. <laughs> yeah. Are you um, here to see the show or what? And I think this is a really cool idea because Galactus, the world eater was always a solution. Like when we were talking to a, a buddy of ours, kind of explaining this book, he may even mentioned like without even reading this book, like, Oh, they could use Galactus. Yep. And that was a good idea because we see this universe has been doing that. Mm-hmm. Galactus is here to eat the earth just conveniently. He's like, well, I always wanted to eat it anyway. So this yeah. saves people and keeps me eating. So yeah, no one's going to buy me about it so this will do win-win yeah <laughs> and so um the, the avengers though at this point they still feel like they're heroes so they're going to try to stop this from happening and try to save the planet and oh, stop, yeah. stop it from being eaten so they can save it their way but they try to fight terax and they eventually take him down black bolt just gives him a hello boom because <laughs> like he just one shots him like anytime black bolt raises his voice it can like obliterate a mountain so yeah it's i do not deal. know a lot about him but it sounds awesome yeah he's pretty dope like he he speaks in sign language like he can talk but even if he even whispers like there's a part in the avengers where uh they ask him like to like say like would you is there anything you wouldn't do to save your people and he just whispers no and it cracks the table just mm-hmm. by him whispering yeah it's like him like trying to take someone out it's gonna do it oh yeah <laughs> Uh, and so they they stop Terax, but the time is up. Like Galactus is about to eat this planet, so they all kind of like semi reluctantly fly away. <laughs> I'm so disappointed yeah. about this. Oh no, we still won. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they take Terax with them. Interestingly, yeah, um, because they're like, you seem to know about these incursions. Like he ha- seems to have some knowledge of what's happening. So like, you might be useful. You're coming with us. Yep. And um. Yeah, and that's that's kind of where we. Uh, th- there is one final incursion that happens over Latveria, yeah, which introduces uh, a new thing called the Map Makers, um, which is something that we'll get into more next week and the week after, um, which it seems like just kind of these people who are using the incursions to their advantage and like uh, using it to seed and destroy planets. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also where Doctor Doom enters the fray, who's going to co- uh, be a big deal in uh, in this run. Uh, who Hickman's already written a lot of in Fantastic Four at this point, but now getting to use again. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, this incursion happens over Latveria, so Doom is already there just like literally just telling them all to fuck off. Like, <laughs> yeah. He, he's pushing this invasion back. So, are you guys idiots? Yeah, he even says like, you know, gods know better. No one invades like the home of of Doctor Doom and gets away <laughs> yeah. with it. Like, like who are you? You must not know who I am. And they're like, oh, we don't. We're from another universe. <laughs> yeah, we don't really care. Yeah, and the, 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 um, the Illuminati comes in and they just look around and they're like, oh, shit. And uh, they fly off. They have the bomb this time. Yeah. There's a really creepy part where bl- they show Black Swan the bomb to be like, did we do it right? And Black Swan's like, I'm so proud of all of you. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, are we the baddies? <laughs> yeah, they're like, damn, like, you guys did a great job. This will kill a shit ton of planets. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so then they go to this, uh, but thankfully, I mean, this one was also yeah, kind, this of one kind of a freebie. Yeah, so their first, their first couple incursions, they've been getting lucky. Um, cause they go to this one and the map makers have already annihilated it. It's a barren planet. It's basically just like a moon. Yeah. Um, so they, even Namor is like, well, I guess this is a freebie. Like you guys can blow up this planet and we don't have to have a big sob story yeah. about all your consequences. Guilt free. Yeah. And, uh, the rest of them don't seem as convinced about this cause they're kind of like, uh, but they were still kind of doing it, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, if there were people here, we'd probably still be doing it. <laughs> like, we didn't know that there was gonna that this was gonna be empty when we came here. Yeah, like, let's uh, let's not pretend we thought that. Yeah, like this, we're not gonna get a freebie every time. Yeah, exactly. Like, we we gotta really start thinking of stuff. And uh, yeah, Black Panther closes this book with a really really good line where uh, he pauses for a moment before activating the bomb, and Namor's like, "What are you hesitating for, coward? Like, what are you waiting for?" And he's like, "I'm not waiting." I'm remembering who I used to be, mm-hmm. and then sets the bomb off to detonate, and they all fly back, and they just kind of watch it explode over the horizon, and they're like, well, fuck, because <laughs> the next incursion's probably in like eight hours. <laughs> yeah, and the night, and with our luck, after these two like easy ones, the next planet's going to just be filled with like a bunch of children and like happy flowers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they're like, because that's rough, like we got lucky this time, but these yeah. incursions are happening like twice a day. Yep. So, oof. 
Yes, uh, rough times ahead. So that's where we'll leave things. Uh, I think that sets up a lot of interesting dilemmas, especially in New Avengers, whereas in Avengers we're kind of just getting a lot of really cool, like, fun character moments and kind of just backstory character building so far. Um, but I think both books are, are really strong in this first book. So if you're reading along, um, I highly recommend getting that trade paperback that just came out. It has oh, yeah. them all in reading order. Otherwise, you can find a reading order on Marvel Unlimited as well. Um, but that'll be the end of the book that we covered today. Uh, just real briefly here at the end, uh, we're going to talk about the Avengers movie, uh, the first one. We don't need to get too in-depth because, I, I mean, this is pretty fresh still. I mean, it's 2013, so I guess not that fresh, but I feel like it's everyone's seen this movie a bunch of times. Let's yeah, be if you're honest. relatively interested in comics you've, or comic book movies, even you've seen the Avengers. Yeah, so we're not going to do too deep of a dive, but I just want to talk about it a little bit briefly for when we get into the, the ones uh, that are coming up in the, the coming weeks yeah. that we'll talk about. Um, I think this movie looking back on it is not that strong like this isn't a movie i come back to rewatch a lot ever to be completely honest yeah like it's like it's a solid movie like it's not it's bad fine. by yeah. any means yeah. but like after everything else that came after it and like how like how much more got built off of the things that that laid out it just it it gets a little just kind of boilerplate after a while yeah and it, it this one does feel more gimmicky than the other team-up movies feel very like much this so, one yeah. feels very much like they're trying this out to see if this can work exactly because yeah. i mean because it's a comic book and superhero movies you know to start with already you have to fit so much and like kind of keep it within you know the realm of possibility at to whatever extent you're trying to yeah. so like this was like definitely the first blockbuster attempt at like doing something like this so they definitely kind of went like light on it or didn't like yeah. swing for the fences but exactly like they did their job yeah because i i mean i because i think most of the fun i got out of this movie initially when i went to watch it was just like literally the uh just the idea that like holy shit like all of these like characters from different movies are now in this team up movie together like like an yep. actual like comic book yep like this is like unheard of and not only that but from like a movie fan standpoint like this is a stacked ass cast yeah like every single one of these people are leading actors mm -hmm. uh being assembled for like one movie which like is probably expensive as shit but oh yeah they they fucking pulled it off like with the scheduling and god knows what like it didn't seem possible oh yeah um but it's cool like they kind of set that precedent where it's just like yeah now we, now we can just do it whenever we want yeah. Um, because in the later movies, they kind of have more confidence in like just putting things where they should go. Mm -hmm. um, whereas this one, it kind of like they're still a little bit in that era of like being uh, like a little hesitant to just kind of like trust the audience. Yeah, because to a certain extent, you have to hold their hand like for a I mean, to like a certain uh, like realm, but at a certain point, you kind of got led to just like depend on them to kind of pick up along where they're yeah. going from and like just kind of latch on from there. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, because there's some fun scenes that I think I remember in this movie. Like it starts out with like superhero fights, which is yeah. just gonna happen. Like, yep. Um, I, like Iron Man versus uh Thor was pretty cool, even though Thor definitely tried to kill Tony. <laughs> I was gonna say like that could have ended real bad. Yeah, because Thor or try no sorry he tries to kill Captain America. Oh yeah, because yeah. Captain America is going to block. With his shield and Thor is going down with the full fight of a lightning filled Mjolnir <laughs> yeah. into his shield, which he didn't know was unbreakable. Oh no. And there just goes dong. So he was literally about to fucking annihilate Captain America. Yep. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, and then the whole like uh like because did Hawkeye really need to be in that movie other no. than to just be like the kind of starter villain? MCU type? Hawkeye just really sucks because they just made him like this military agent. I'm like, cool. <laughs> know. He's basically just a more like uh, a less interesting Winter Soldier, who yeah. like I don't really care. Yeah, he's about. like a less interesting combination of Black Widow and Winter Soldier, and like he they want him to be like the funny guy, I guess. But like, it, no. yeah, doesn't <laughs> land, and like it obviously isn't helped by Jeremy Renner. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's very. Yeah. It's already hard to pull off, and so with that, well, especially in stuff, this movie, his role in it is just terrible. Like he's oh, yeah. he's a mind controlled villain for most of it, and then by the end, he's like, I'm Hawkeye again. Twee twee. Yeah. <laughs> sorry about all that other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll never be mind controlled controlled again i'm like oh cool all right i don't care yeah yeah so like unfortunately hawkeye sucks in these movies but whatever like we'll, we'll get cool hawkeye in the tv show yeah um, that's, that. that's why i don't want to do anything like hawkeye related till that comes out and then never talk <laughs> yeah. about jeremy jeremy renner's role in it yeah seriously though <laughs> i'm hoping he's only in that show for like a couple episodes before he's like i've taught you everything i know kate goodbye <laughs> <laughs> for real though it just like, gets a kind of an unimpending like, fuck, fuck you i'm going to cali <laughs> didn't really care <laughs> i'm taking the dog yeah i mean i would hope that they wouldn't have planned to keep him on very long but yeah, we'll see who, i who guess knows? 
Um, yeah, every movie, his role in the movie is different. So it just shows me that this character doesn't work. He's just a, a set piece, a tool, like a story tool. Yeah, basically. in the first movie, he's like secret agent, mind controlled man. Mm-hmm. In the second movie, he's I'm family dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in the third movie, he's like. They've taken everything I loved. <laughs> now I'm going to go after Japanese gang members? <laughs> what? <laughs> now I'm just going to be a weird, like, assassin for hire? <laughs> like, okay. Why are you in Japan taking out the Yakuza? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> like, why did you go there? Like, literally, you get, like, three different characters of Hawkeye. Like, now he's like, I'm edgy Hawkeye this time. <laughs> yeah, look at my cool, cool mohawk. What's going to be Avengers 4? Like, I'm Bozo the Clown Hawkeye. <laughs> now I work for the circus. <laughs> I honestly would enjoy that more. Sure, yeah. Um, so yeah, that character is just super inconsistent, not fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. is always good. Uh, Mark Ruffalo, this was his first appearance of the Hulk. Yeah. Huge improvement over Edward Norton, who is a yep. good actor, but very boring in that role. Well, me. and I mean, the story and direction probably didn't help it, but yeah. Yeah, I, that's I mean, true. I, I like the recasting. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think, I think, uh, Mark Ruffalo is a really good Hulk. Yeah. Wisconsin uh, really good Bruce too. Banner. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so that was good. Uh, trying to think what else uh, is worth talking about. Um, Captain America's suit is really, really weird. <laughs> yeah, the whole, like, weird... What's wrong with Captain America's suit in this movie? The weird, like, turtleneck kind of armor deal. Like, it literally looks like how our marching band uniforms used to be. With, like, just, like, the fold over, like, kind of... Or you might have been gone by that. Like, they, they were the newer ones we got. Where, okay. Like, they're kind of like the Star Trek, like, fold jacket fold over. It's yeah, weird. Yeah, I was going to say it looks like uh, the costume they'd give him to wear in, like, a commercial or something. Oh, yeah. Like, where he's, like, doing, like... <laughs> The Captain America, come, like, uh, you know, in, like, Spider-Man, where it's like, so, you went to detention. Like, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, like, he's doing, like, the PSAs. That's the costume he'd wear for that. Like, this is not, like... Yeah, it's, like, business casual Captain America. So, like, when they make fun <laughs> of him for it, I'm like, that's so earned, because he looks like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's, like, that weird, like, light, like, tint blue color that doesn't match with any of the other, like, costumes he has in any other movie. Yeah. And, yeah, it's weird. Um, and you want to know an interesting little uh, thing about this movie? This movie is the last time we've seen a full on-screen transition of Bruce Banner turning into the Hulk on screen. Really? It, li- it literally has not happened since this movie. We've seen him go from the Hulk to Bruce Banner several times. Yeah, true. Like, that happened in Ragnarok a couple times. But oh, yeah. But they literally have not done it the opposite way since this. Interesting. Like, since that scene where he's like, I'm always angry, and then smashes the worm, which looks fantastic. That's yeah. That's a really great scene. I wonder what the um, reason behind that. I wonder if that's... Money? Yeah, they keep doing the transitions off screen for some reason. I think maybe they just don't, aren't confident with how they have it looking. Yeah, it's either got to be money or that they don't like the word. They don't think it looks good enough. Yeah. Or they think it looks too good to the point where like some people will get squeamish about it. Maybe, yeah. Because I could see that. Because they always do it off screen. Like They've done the bit so many times where it's like he like falls out and doesn't like transform. Or, yeah. Like, they've done that bit like five times. I'm like, <laughs> stop. Just let him do Hulk things. Right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I mean, there's not too much to talk about with this movie. It's very boilerplate. I mean, the ending, uh, it's carried by the third act, which is just a really oh, yeah. cool, like, extended, like, battle sequence where the Avengers are finally a team together. Yeah. Um, I, I think, mean, I, I mean, you get your whole tie in with, like, Loki, like, kind of, kind of working with Thanos. Oh, yeah, I guess we didn't talk about Loki. You get your Thanos angle and then, like, your Loki kind of villain stuff setting up for later stuff. I wish they would go back to that using uh, a villain that already has kind of been around and then have them be a team villain. Like, yeah. have one of the villains from the other movies, like, uh, like Dormammu or some shit, come back and be the main villain. Yeah. Like, like, have it be someone else's villain and now you're like, sorry, guys, this is my villain who's come to fuck with everybody this time. Yeah, because sometimes when it's just, like, one big baddie that's, like, has control over the whole situation and versus everyone else it gets a little boring or like just kind of generic well and then you have to spend time in an already stacked movie introducing a villain which exactly. is like you don't have time for that yeah like that's why like it, it only worked when you had thanos who had already been built up and kind of introduced and loki when who you already knew like completely yeah um whereas ultron was more like they had to do it all in one movie which took away from a lot of other things that movie could have been doing and then somehow still didn't work yeah so. absolutely um, so I just think that's the better way to do it, mm-hmm. um, which I, I would love to see them do again. So that's just kind of something I'd like to see. And like, cause I'm hoping what they do with the Avengers movie moving forward is just kind of like do smaller scale team ups, kind of like this book we're reading yeah, yeah, where it's like, this is the team we need for this job. Like we need you five to go to the moon and stop the moon people or, you know, shit like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that would be more fun. Uh, but that'll bring us to the end of week one of our Avengers coverage. Uh, these are going to be some bulkier episodes cause we're doing uh, 10, 10 or so issues, uh, Per, uh, per week, I guess I, I meant to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, join in. We'll get getting some bonus content in there, digging deep into the Avengers. So join us next time for part two. Oh, yes. Yes.